Let's get it started. Ha! Let's get it started. <laughs> cool. Hey, everybody. Hey. What's up? He that was our classic brain boggled intro where we you sing know. your Black Eyed Peas songs. Hey guys, we're the um, Black Eyed Peas. I'm Will I Am. And I'm Fergie. I don't know the words to the actual to any of their songs, but I know the beats, you know? <laughs> um, hmm. And that's all you need, baby. It's all about the beat. Where's the love? And I know, you know? Fergalicious. Is Fergalicious, that's just Fergie though, right? That's just Fergie. That's yeah. when she went solo, you know? Fergalicious Damn. definition, make the boys go crazy. We have to all admit, right? Fergie is superior than the Black Eyed Peas. Like, Fergie's solo stuff. I mean, she definitely I has know, more. Dude. She's definitely got more hit power. She's got Big more hits. Girl well, na- well, it's like, name me anyone else in the Black Eyed Peas, you know? Will oh, I Am. I Am, and that's um, it. Yeah, Will I Am. And, and the other shit. guys. <laughs> Isn't there Today. like that one blind guy? Yeah, and he's got... He's the eyed. Uh, like, uh, sorry, I'm not a big Black Eyed Peas <laughs> fan, so I, I'm not well-versed enough. Yeah, I don't know anything about Black Eyed Peas. It, it got yeah, a tip of the tongue situation here for me. Um, a little bit of a presque-vu. Uh, a little presque-vu on our hands. Um, but, you know, you know what? We're, we're not here to talk about the Black Eyed Peas again today, you know? Again. <laughs> I, I thought we might switch it up. I thought we might change the format a little bit today and do something just a little bit different. Okay. Oh. And we're going to be talking about right. some ancient-ass aliens. Wait, Woo! I thought the Black Eyed Peas were ancient aliens. Are they not? They probably are. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there, there's some alien involved. At very least, aliens ha- I mean, are have involved seen, in their production. Have you seen the music video for uh, Fergalicious? That's alien. <laughs> or uh, I feel like they do some futuristic stuff in there. I feel they, like they got that 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 sort of vibe. I also feel that way. I can neither confirm nor deny, but I feel that way, and that's mm-hmm. all that matters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're talking about ancient aliens. I'm excited. We haven't done a spacey episode in a while. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. You know, I I was kind of tossed between a few sort of heavier subjects, and I was like, you know what? Who, who wants to talk about you know like the prison Ooh. industrial complex or Boo. Jeff Ab- Jeffrey Epstein or uh, Alex Jones? I don't feel like talking about that today. Let's Boo. talk about some ancient aliens. Yes. What's so, what's not delay. A second Guys, further. Let's we're brain boggled. We're not heart boggled. Okay. Yeah. We can't keep boggling our hearts. We have yes. to boggle our brains sometimes too. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes. Or maybe today we'll do both. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll find that sweet spot. But the heart boggled podcast. <laughs> the heart boggled. That's the uh, the Valentine's Day special. Yes. Yeah. Which um is this episode? Which was last I week. Guess. No, it should have been last week technically because that was right. the weekend of. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm like, when was Valentine's Day? It's hard. Time is weird now. You time know? is weird. Calendar events don't mean anything anymore. True. I saw it, true. I saw a meme that was like, um, "Wow, I can't believe it's been uh, one month since March already. Since yeah. last March. <laughs> yeah." Just like completely like, let's like negate the last entire year. Well, mm. I'm always like, anytime there's like, oh, this is, this is on this day. I'm like, oh, that's on that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wh- what? That's th- tomorrow? What do Dude, you, wh- it hasn't even mean? been a year since quarantine yet. That's crazy. It feels yeah. like it's been many, many years. Many, many, many cycles. years. Many and you know what else years. has been here for many, many years? This introduction, the aliens, <laughs> aliens. <laughs> the, the ancient aliens. So aliens. Let's, 
Let's introduce ourselves already, goddammit. Oh, I should have blow-dried my hair to, like, be, like, out, like the guy, like the aliens oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, hold on. Can I, can I like, can get I get some Brent? Like, really? Yes, yeah. handsome Brent. There we go. Yes, Brent. Handsome Brent. Handsome Brent. Got it. It's up there. <laughs> it's close. It's close. His is more, like, out. Mine's just up right now. This looks like a wave yeah. about to crash onto, like, the islands of fiji I s the gift that i sent you guys doesn't yeah it looks like a different guy like his head like his his <laughs> head and hair don't look this big in 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 that gift yeah, yeah. i don't uh, know why that also is he's but... like wearing a scarf or something <laughs> <laughs> he had like a nice ascot we're talking we're shit. talking about the 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 aliens <laughs> meme guy by the way yeah, yeah i haven't seen that um giorgio whatever the heck his last name is like i can't pronounce it oh no i guess his but, hair looks big but his, his but he has like a handkerchief in his like pocket oh, no, that's what i was he's picturing is like a pocket towel oh it's from a different video that's why yeah yeah but I, also like he he's got like a weird Wal Wal walton goggins vibe going on here yeah. <laughs> i don't know who that is but i'll take your word for um oh uh, bobby would know um the uh, community episode where after pierce um oh i probably shouldn't say that but he's like the lawyer yes. who like comes in yeah like yeah that he guy. does he does totally have those vibes and that yeah <laughs> for sure the oh, guy who, also he, he was like in that show guy, right yeah, but he was also in Vice Principals, that show of Danny McBride, I think. That was oh. on HBO for a minute. He was the other Vice Principal. I don't I never saw the <laughs> Danny show. Danny McBride's but. <laughs> he got a bunch of HBO deals, man. He was in, uh, was he Righteous Gemstones? Yes, he was. Yep, he was in that <laughs> one, too. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Somehow, uh, somehow, still haven't introduced ourselves. Oh yeah, who are we? Uh, and what do I'm we your, want? Uh, I'm your Jingo J, Jingo from Banjo Kazooie, because I feel like those things are uh, those <laughs> things are aliens, dude. I don't know, man. Have you sure, seen them? Why not? I like it. I, I I can vaguely remember Banjo Kazooie, so I I think I know what you're talking about. But They're I'm like not little jackal-headed creatures or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, there, there it is. It's coming back. <laughs> um. Go ahead, Bobby. You you go next if you want. I am your. Uh, okay, I was gonna look up an alien species, but I am your uh, brain protection bee, Bobby, because I have nice. a aluminum foil yeah. on my on my head. Bobby is nice. wearing a tin foil hat. Yes. He's got that that tin aluminum hat. Yeah, you, you want know? some ASMR, people? Oh, oh good uh, ASMR. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I hate nope. I hate crinkles. Crinkling not aluminum crinkle is fan. like one of the worst sounds for me, but you know. <laughs> um, so you're and, an alien. Yeah, so that I've just proved it right there. I've got <laughs> the hair and everything, you know. You know, it's almost like I'm trying to shape my 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 look to be like my alien brethren, which we will talk about later. Oh. And I am your Ken Burnsby Brent because oh. apparently Ken's Bur Ken Burns is a producer of the show Ancient Aliens. Yeah, Ken Burns. That's actually the Ken Burns. Well, good. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. That show is like ninety percent Ken Burns effects. Yeah. Well, they kind of have to because they don't really have much actual have we, visuals to show. Yeah. I know we've <laughs> talked about Ken Burns in the past. On the, I, we've at least mentioned him. But the guy was like, you know how, uh, you know, sometimes you don't have video of things. There's only pictures of things. What mm -hmm. if we just, uh, what if we just uh, pan and zoom <laughs> across the pictures for, th for three and a half hours? Mm. Exactly. Uh, but what, but, but you have to wait a second before you start the pan or zoom 
and then there has to be a second or two at the end of the pan and zoom where <laughs> yes. it doesn't move before we cut to the next pan. And and, zoom. and, the, and the zoom and pan has to also tell a story. Like yeah, you know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Although point a to point I will B. say. He's been adding some like three-dimensional elements to some of Ooh. his pans and zooms. Oh. You know, like there, there's like layering going on. There's some yeah, depth sometimes, of field. Sometimes he just... clearly turned the 3D layer and After Effects on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, know what's funny fun is, fact. Oh, go uh, ahead, Jack. I, I was just going to say, I learned the Ken Burns effect in computer class before I had ever heard or watched a Ken Burns thing. Oh, sure. Uh, See, which for me, I think is so weird. <laughs> the funny thing for me is I had seen plenty of Ken Burns projects before, but didn't know who Ken Burns was. And so I heard about the Ken Burns effect from our job that Bobby and I both, this place oh. we work at, where Jack used to work. And I was like, oh, okay, so I, that's called Ken Burns effect. Why? I'm like, oh, well, because there's this dude called Ken Burns who does that and everything. I'm like, oh, I've seen like 40 different things Ken Burns has done and did not know who he was, but that's so cool. goofy. <laughs> <laughs> just just a whole just a whole documentarian career on just on just panning and zooming it's awesome yes i was gonna amazing. say um fun fact also ken burns is also the host of blues clues um and the lead singer in his own band is he the host what? of blues clues <laughs> Oh no, that's Steve Burns. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, guys. I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, I don't. Sorry. I, I was like, there's Steve, and then there was, um, the other guy who replaced Steve when Steve went off to college. Joe. Here's Joe. the thing: it could Fake Joe news. could be Ken Burns, and you wouldn't know. No yeah. one can answer that truthfully. I want anyone. If any, like, when does anyone in the world know what Ken Burns looks like? I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, I don't think so. I don't. Think I picture so. a bald man with like scruffy sort of five o'clock shadow and like thick rimmed glasses that's, that's what i picture birds to be i picture like a 70 year old slightly overweight man with a big beard who is just sitting at his computer just editing going like yeah oh wow yeah. he does not look anything like i thought he would well who is closer really? is he, he a 70 year old slightly overweight man i would say no he's the opposite of that um, oh my god he's he, young and hot yeah, he's young and hot, dude. He's young and hot. He, I don't really know how to describe him, but he kind of looks a like a fuck if, boy. That Ken Burns. He kind of looks like if Paul McCartney real had a kid brain. with David Spade. Oh my God, I see what. Okay, well he is old. He's old. He's sixty-seven. He's old. Oh Literally, my God, Bobby, Bobby, what? I cannot believe you described this as the exact opposite of what I said. <laughs> Because okay, he now is that, old. He's just very handsome. Now that, you think he's handsome? Look at his hair, dude. Paul McCartney oh mixed God. with David Spade. Are you kidding me? Oh, that sign is me very, up. That is he is he is Paul McCartney's long lost mm -hmm. brother or something. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That that is a choice for hairstyle right there. That is a choice, dude. He's like say. it's like that scene in the in the Queen movie where uh, Brian Taylor May is that his name? The dude with the long so. hair, the dude in yeah. the band with the long hair was like, dude, he has a line where he goes, I was born with this hair, I'm going to die with his hair. And he always <laughs> has the same exact hair throughout his entire life. That's, that's Ken Burns, except he made that decision when he was 12 years old. Yeah, no, it's... It, it is 12-year-old oh, boy hair. Yeah, no, he's joined the club with, um, it's like him and the guy you mentioned and uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Oakland Raiders. If you look that guy up in that hair, that is like child from the 40s hair. Mark and he Davis. Just still, 
and he just he, still has his haircut, has a grown ass man, and it is fucking wild. He reminds me of uh, <laughs> like Vigo Mortensen a little bit. Like, oh my god, if he was, if Vigo Mortensen was like incredibly unfortunate <laughs> in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right uh, so oh, so man. so we know one thing the show ancient aliens uh part of the job description is you are required to have uh somewhat interesting hair before you work there. <laughs> yes exactly exactly it has to look so like a, either a brush like a a, a a makeup brush or a makeup mm. brush upside down exactly. yeah okay that was terrible anyway you have to look like a makeup br- why do you have a makeup brush at your desk bob it, it came with uh, that weird. Oh yeah, Brent, you'd find this interesting. It came with that uh, weird, like Extrify copy mouse. I guess it's oh, for weird. like to clean off your mouse. I guess cleaning off the holes in the mouse or something. Oh, I don't know. Get the dust in yeah. there. The skin particles out. Yeah. Anyway. You know what's interesting? The fact that we have not ancient actually aliens. talked about aliens ancient at aliens all yet. And thanks for listening to the episode, guys. <laughs> we're like we're like 15 minutes in. I love it. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't have to worry about time now. So let's talk about it. Um, Ancient aliens, otherwise known as the ancient astronaut theory, is the theory that intelligent extraterrestrial beings visited Earth and made contact with humans in antiquity and prehistoric times. Love proponents up uh, yeah i love it <laughs> <laughs> you know they just really don't do things like they used to do back in antiquity you know <laughs> it's just man those were the days Antiquities. when you know is that a I don't bible know, you is that your a book the bible or is that or is that a magic the gathering set it's one of the two <laughs> or how about both hey listen how about both probably i mean well because there's like a, a magic set like there's one called like tempest you know, mm. like that could be a book yeah, of the yeah. Bible, you know, or sure. Magic the Gathering set, you know. At, yeah, at, le- at the very least, it's an <laughs> apocryphal book of the Bible, you know, one that wasn't included. I mean, there is yeah. a set called Apocalypse as well, yeah. so, which is which is Good. just a straight up book of the Bible. Or no, the Book of Revelation is also the book of, I don't know, we'll talk about the Bible at some point. Let's talk about ancient aliens. Yeah, no, we're going to get into the Bible <laughs> a little bit later when we talk Ooh. about proof oh, of that this is real. Are we going to read but, the um, whole anyway. Bible on the pod? Um, at least the book of Ezekiel. So we're going to go yeah. through the book of Ezekiel. The whole Bible will be on the Patreon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave a link uh, in the brain bloggled for that. Is the so, Bible yeah. on Blinkist? <laughs> yeah, I, I need the Bible in little 15-minute segments, please. The, I need it to be digestible. Form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. What is wrong with us? Let's uh, go. No, listen, Come on. We're, we're really trying to sell this, you know? Like, I, if I were a Silicon Valley bro, this is how I would sell the Bible, right? 15-minute chunks. <laughs> Guys, this is going to be one of those form. episodes where we, like, pr- where we, like, talk about how we're going to talk about ancient aliens, and then we never do. Well, I was going to say, to- um, this is, like, this is how, this is essentially how the History Channel talks about ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> so no. true. Honestly, Bobby, this reminds me of when we did learning where we would just like <laughs> never actually talk about the thing that we said we were going to talk about. Learning. <laughs> and I'm wearing an aluminum hat, dude. It's just like b- learning. I love Oh learning. my God. Yeah, go uh, watch our old video editing show that for some reason we, we had back in the we day. We actually have a, uh, a uh, super cut of all the craziest moments on our brain boggled website. Brain oh, yeah, podcast.com. Oh, mm, mm, nice. Mm, yeah, mm, go mm, check that go. out. Go check that out. But in the meanwhile, let's talk more about the ancient aliens theory. So (laughs) proponents of the ancient astronaut hypothesis often maintain that humans are either descendants or creations of extraterrestrial intelligence, otherwise known as ETI, who landed on Earth thousands of years ago. Now, 
naturally. Now, not everyone agrees with this assessment. Others um, proclaim that um, a similar associated idea is that humans evolved independently from these extraterrestrial visitors, but that much of human knowledge, religion, and culture came from extraterrestrial visitors in ancient times in that ancient astronauts acted as mother culture, quote unquote. <gasps> oh, so the idea that like, basically, um, go uh, ahead. Sorry, no, kind, it's fine. Kind of like you know, like uh, like vinegar. You know, you get the mother and you move it into another like bottle of wine, and it turns the rest of the wine into vinegar. And then you take the mother and you can move it from thing to thing, and it kind of recolonizes uh, little bacteria all over the place. Not the example I was expecting you to give, but no, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess the idea being that like the these ancient alien visitors came to Earth and sort of shared their knowledge with these ancient civilizations, and that's how we evolved as the humans that we know today, and how we obtained the technologies and advances that we did was through um, extraterrestrial intervention, if you will. So we are we are native to earth in this theory but yes, we're getting this, our knowledge from yes. outsiders so, so yeah so there's like two diverging paths of this theory one being that we're actual um sort of like the result of aliens like actually like hybrids or some sort or we're actually human life does not originate from earth but came from um other alien species or that mm -hmm. you know they influenced us and gave us the means by which to sort of evolve and influence our different cultures and religions and stuff. But um, yeah, so some ancient astronaut proponents also believe that travelers from outer space referred to as astronauts, quote unquote, build many of, built many of the structures on Earth, such as the Egyptian pyramids and the Moai stone heads of Easter Island, or aided humans in building them. So kind of like what I was saying, you know, basically that they, all these kind of crazy sort of wonders of the world that are kind of hard to explain, like how did, you know, ancient civilizations build these things? It's that aliens helped in their creation, either by actually creating them in their entirety or in assistance. So, or uh, by, or, well, I guess this is also aliens, but uh, by transformers. Mm, yeah. Yes. Because there's more than meets the eye there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I've it, always said it. Transformers. Uh, w they first landed uh, in you know like 2008 or whatever. But then every movie that came out, it turned out that they actually landed earlier and earlier and earlier. Man. Yeah, it was 2008, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> that was awesome. Shout Bring out it to back Black to Black Eyed Peas. Nice, nice. <laughs> now, one thing that uh, I have always thought was very interesting is yeah. is the theory that humans are sort of like a seed of a, another species. I mean, if you think about like the way that nature works, at least here on earth is the, uh, the, the, the adult of whatever the species is finds a way to uh, spread its seed around its environment. So you think about like, I mean, pretty much all life, but in this specific example, um, like a dandelion, you know, mm -hmm. like where I feel like, I could see a reality where like we are a seed off the dandelion and far away in another galaxy, there's a homeland that sort of birthed all life around the world. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of where we know for a fact that life had to have started from some kind of like 
microbe that either came from a meteor or something. So even if it's not just humans, um, no, nah, bro. Uh, there are theories that uh, that life life started out of that out of that good old primordial ooze. That yeah. the uh, that the proper chemicals were in the water to cr- to create life. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different theories on yeah. ex- exactly yeah. how life could have started, but um, we're not here to talk about that per se. We could do a whole episode on that. Do we have an frankly. episode on the origins of life in general? Do we? I no, mean, I know we have that uh, the, the birth of like the universe. Yeah, like, we did an episode on that, but I don't know if we really delved into the idea of like how life started. I think we have much. it on the list. I might be wrong about that. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Well, the, Put what it on I, the, the list. Basically, I think the point I was gonna get to with that was like I don't yeah. believe in that theory because I think that we are so like the other animals on this planet with monkeys and like even dogs. I mean, two eyes, two nostrils. You know. Uh, limbs for limbs modification to the theory what if right there's the seed planet seed planet shoots out microbes right mm-hmm. and that's the og microbe that landed on all the planet right say it, it 10 planets in the universe have life you know mm-hmm. each of them st- each of them would have you know the 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 a common ancestor being that one same microbe but they obviously mm. adapted and evolved and changed into the variety of life that's on this planet and you know th- hypothetically on the other planets that it landed on would be drastically different however they came from the same thing ah interesting interesting yep. interesting common yeah. ancestor no, I, hey interesting. hey oh i could see it i could see it but um i don't know and don't that know. has nothing to do with ancient aliens though so i mean it's so aliens does. aliens baby aliens. So let's learn about them on this planet let's actually yeah, get so, into it yeah, so let, let's let's get into the origins of this hypothesis. So, boys, let me just posit a little question to you. If you were to guess exactly around when this theory of the ancient astronauts was first created, when would you guess mm. that it first came about mm. into prominence? Brent prompting us to answer. That's playing with mm. fire right there today. Yes, um, I'm curious. I'm curious to see kind of like what you guys would, what you would think when you think this would have, you know, came when about. when this theory of ancient aliens was yeah, popularized was first introduced before <sighs> the podcast. Mm. I would have said, you know, the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, but having done the podcast and knowing, like, probably, like, probably, like, the early 1800s. Honestly, oh, interesting. I would guess the eighties. I'm guessing the eighties. Both, both very interesting guesses. Um, but the funny thing, Jack, is um, your initial instinct of pre-podcast instinct would have been the correct instinct. Oh! It was the 1950s when it first came. Jack, out. listen to your gut. I should have. I should have. <laughs> no, but I mean, you were close. You were close. You guys were in the ballpark ish. You know, the last yeah. in about a, about a century's time. So, um. <laughs> So, paleo-contact or ancient astronaut narratives first appeared in early science fiction of, you know, the 20th century. So, I mean, the, 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 so there were sort of, like, ideas of it bantied around in sort of novels and stuff. But the formal theory wasn't really proposed until this guy, Harold T. Wilkins of 1954. Um, and then this, he was the first guy to sort of, like, suggest that, like, maybe this isn't just, like, a science fiction idea. Maybe this is... Uh, something that could actually be true mm-hmm. and then a little guy by the name of carl sagan expanded upon oh. this idea 
Imagine enough. a place yeah. where people ancient are doing alien. ancient aliens. Yeah, that one. That's <laughs> <Sagan>. <laughs> I love Welcome that to Flatland. Yeah. So, I love um, that guy. So, in Intelligent Life in the Universe, um, the, a 1966 book, astrophysicist Iosif Shklovsky, <laughs> I probably pronounced that wrong, Shklovsky, and Carl Sagan devote a chapter to the argument that scientists and historians should seriously consider the possibility that extraterrestrial contact occurred during recorded history. Mm. However, Shalotsky and Sagan stressed that these ideas were speculative and unproven. Now, Sagan argued that sub-lightspeed interstellar travel by extraterrestrial life was a certainty when considering technologies that were established or feasible in the late 1960s. That repeated instances of ex- that repeated instances of extraterrestrial visitation to Earth were plausible, and that pre-scientific narratives can offer potentially reliable means of description or describing contact with aliens. So basically, what he's saying here is that they had the technology for sub-light speed travel was feasible at the time when this theory was first coming about. This sub uh, meaning it was plausible that extraterrestrial life could potentially visit earth making it also possible that you know uh sort of pre-scientific narratives could potentially be reliable sources of information regarding uh alien contact so meaning that like if we had old stories or things of this nature describing sort of like weird experiences weird contacts we could plausibly treat those as reliable sources of information Mm. in these situations now, to illustrate this, Sagan illustrates this hypothesis by citing the 1786 expedition of French explorer Jean-Francois de Gallo, Comte de la Perois, which made the earliest first contact between Europe and the Clinket uh, cultures. Was that one was, name? Uh, uh, well, the guy's name is Jean-Francois de Gallo, or mm. de Gallo. I should say. That's his name. And then there's a story, the Comment de la Perois, uh, which is um, about uh, the Europeans making contact with the Clinket uh, cultures, which was sort of like Native American tribes in the uh, northwestern part of the United States. So like hmm. Washington, Oregon, this sort of area. The Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so that, that area, but also into like Canada too and stuff. And that, that, that sort of region was sort of considered the Clinket culture the clinket region so the contact story was preserved as an oral tradition by the uh, pre-literate clinket tribes so basically um the meeting between the europeans and the cling the clinket tribes was sort of like this uh, sort of oral story oral tradition that was handed down before they had written language but over a century after its occurrence it was then recorded by anthropologist george t emmons Although it w- is framed in a Klingit cultural and spiritual paradigm, the telling of the 1786 encounter, according to Sagan, uh, or, I'm sorry, the telling of the 1786 encounter remains very accurate to the records of the meeting between the Europeans. So basically, even though centuries have went by of the, this story being told purely as an oral tradition, it remained pretty much exactly the same as the version of the story that the Europeans had 
who mm. also had actually written records at the time of this encounter from 1786. Wow, you don't you don't see that every day. Yeah, so they they, they made a, maintained a pretty consistent oral tradition within this tribe, and I mean that's not that uncommon within uh, cultures that maintain strong sort of oral traditions and pass down stories. Like that's not that unusual. We sort of think of like, oh well, the game of telephone. Like yeah, you come up with a story and you tell it to someone and you tell like. 10 other your friends it's going to get wildly distorted but when there's actually a sort of like a cultural and um sort of spiritual background and the idea of these like oral stories and stuff they actually tend to stay pretty consistent Ooh, well let me uh, let me throw this let me throw this theory out okay what if if the story was actually a crazy story maybe it stays more accurate over time because you think about like the whole like the fisherman's tail thing it's like if you catch a really little fish you might be like it was 20 feet long but -hmm. if you actually caught like a 17 foot long fish you're gonna be like i Mm -hmm. I legitimately caught a 17 foot long fish so there's like no need to stretch the truth if it's crazy enough you know right just a theory i don't know something that's it's an interesting idea but um according to uh, carl sagan this proved how under certain circumstances, a brief contact with an alien civilization will be recorded in a reconstructable manner. So he further basically saying that like something kind of like what you're saying, Bobby, something that mm-hmm. was so kind of like alien and crazy yeah. happening in this sort of brief contact situation could be recorded in a manner which where it could be presented to other people and maintain its, you know, consistency. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sagan further states that the reconstruction will be greatly aided if one, the account is committed to written record soon after the event, but you know, in this case, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but that definitely helps if it's, Oh, there's a written record. So mm-hmm. This was a very interesting example because there was both the written record from the Europeans and the oral tradition from the Clinket tribe. So, that's um, factor one. Factor two, a major change is effected in the contacted society. So over the course of the century, they eventually, you know, developed written records. And there was, you know, seemingly a pretty profound influence from the Europeans landing there mm-hmm. and um, meeting with the Clinket tribe. And then the third factor, no attempt is made by the contacting civilization to disguise its exogenous nature. This basically meaning that this is like a foreign alien group showing up, you know, to these people who have never met any sort of alien group like this. I, you know, obviously we're talking about Europeans, but for the Clinket tribe at that time, they might as well have been aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. They would have been showing up, you know, looking nothing like anyone in their tribe, you know, with, you know, technologies that they had never seen before, things of this nature. So basically the idea being that if the contacting civilization is basically just showing up as they are and being like, hey, here we are, you know, we're the Europeans and, you know, not like trying to, you know, disguise their actual being or who they are. This would also lend itself to a accurate uh, retelling of what actually happened. Right. So to then take this sort of idea, you know, to the ancient aliens theory, Meaning that basically the way that people who um, subscribe to this theory have taken it as we can look back through history at all these different stories and sort of maybe read into some of what maybe was viewed 
before as more metaphorical speak of like, oh, you know, they met these gods or whatever, and maybe ascribe more literal meaning to it. Like maybe who they met were actually aliens. So this reminds me of, uh, you know, the movie knowing with Nick cage. Oh, watch out. (laughs) Um, you know, the, the quickly, the premise of the movie is that the world, he knows the world is going to end. And, you know, at the end of the movie, uh, these aliens come down to earth and, and take a girl and a boy off to another planet and the aliens look like angels. And so the idea of that is like, Oh wait, angels were really aliens this whole time. So I could kind of see that in like full. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause we will get to that in a bit. But, Ooh. Um, yeah. That, that, that's actually not very far off from, um, some of the, the theories proposed. Watch but, out. Um, Watch out! But, um, ad- additionally, um, Shlotsky Shl- and Sagan cited tales of Oannes, a fish-like being attributed with teaching agriculture, mathematics, and the arts to early Sumerians, as deserving closer scrutiny as a possible instance of paleocontact due to its consistency and detail. So, this was like another story from, you know, we've talked about the ancient Sumerians before. So... If you were, we were to ascribe to this possibility that, like, well, maybe these stories should be taken a little more literally, you know, some fish like being teaching, you know, these things to the early Sumerians. Maybe it's not just some sort of legend. Maybe there is some actual truth to it. And like describing whatever this thing was as a fish like being was just like the way, the language they knew how to describe whatever it was they encountered. So yeah, well, because you know how like we, you know, we do it in 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 modern times where, you know, uh, uh, it's like, oh, well, that guy, you know, they had a very, uh, you know, you you describe people as looking like animals sometimes, yeah. um, and and like a lot of times if you don't know the word for it, um, you know, like talking around things um like uh when 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 well at least when i was learning a second language german in class they would say like um part of it is getting is getting to the point of being able to to you know you don't know the words for everything but you can you you know the words around it and you can still get to the same meaning so i wonder if a lot of that is is the result of this and and maybe you know as stories cross cultures or languages or even just between different people um yeah like it's all if, about context you know? yeah, yeah yeah if 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 that's if that's a uh, a lot of the reason behind it i also it kind of makes me think about our our language origins episode where we talked about how they just didn't have like the right words yet for certain things so obviously this is way further back but like the fact that like b was just like i don't know like uh a bird or whatever i forget yeah what it was, or like but, what did they you know call I mean? you know what did they call cell phones in ancient rome you <laughs> right know? exactly oh, god there Crazy. wouldn't be a word for it and they just like there's no <laughs> word now for something in the future that we yeah, don't know they about. just called it like razor and i'm like who even uses a razor anymore <laughs> I, no, I, know, I, I think they used nokia back then yeah a good one <laughs> nice 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 oh uh, man so one important thing, though, to note here about Sagan is that Sagan did later go on to say that he did not intend to inspire ancient astronaut theories, but only meant to say that it can't be entirely ruled out. Right. But there were a lot of people who heard, you know, Sagan talk about this stuff and decided to run with it. <laughs> yes! And we're going to talk... 
So let's get into evidence, and it's pretty much all from this one dude, <laughs> uh, this one Swiss man named Eric von Daniken. So Daniken, oh, I couldn't Eric hope for Daniken. a better name. Yes, yeah, so good old Eric von Daniken sort of is the kind of the mastermind behind our, our modern understanding of the ancient aliens or Asian ancient astronauts theory. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about Eric. So Eric von Daniken was a leading proponent proponent of the ancient astronauts theory in the late 1960s and early 1970s, gaining a large audience through the 1968 publication of his best-selling book, Chariots of the Gods, and its sequels, which I guess at this point he has like up to like 40 books or something, <laughs> all oh about this the subject God. of ancient aliens. No wonder um, they just keep pumping out those episodes on History Channel. And not only that, um, his his book was then um, the source of um, a documentary, quote unquote, um, <laughs> called by the same name, Chariot of the Gods, that won an Oscar. No back way. In the, yeah, in the late 60s, early 70s. I didn't actually take down one year. Um, it won the Oscar, but it, yeah. So an Oscar winning documentary was made based on this guy's book, uh, Chariots of the Gods. So, according to um, Von Daniken, certain artifacts require a more sophisticated technological ability in their construction than that which was available to the ancient cultures who constructed them. Uh, Eric maintains that these artifacts were constructed either directly by extraterrestrial visitors or by humans who learned the necessary knowledge from said visitors. These include things like Stonehenge, uh, let me actually get to my presentation now because I actually oh, yeah. can go to the slides. Mm. Um, so that includes things like Stonehenge. We mm. got um, uh, Puma Punku, which is the uh, we're going from uh, left to right here, boyos. Mm. Um, the Moai of Easter Island, as everyone knows. That if you don't know what that is, that's the uh, big head statues. We've talked about them in previous episodes. Um, we got the Great Pyramid of Giza. And the uh, ancient uh, Baghdad electric batteries, which oh, is the sort Baghdad of yeah. battery, the Baghdad yeah. battery. So, like all these being examples of what is um, commonly referred to by uh, von Daniken as out of place artifacts. Mm. So, basically, meaning like artifacts that just don't seem feasible based on the uh, time in which they were created. Yeah. So, and by the people, you know, living within these places, like, how would it be even possible for them to create these things? Daniken um, wondered. And I know so, there's, like, videos on YouTube that are like, oh, this is how they made Stonehenge and stuff. But you got to think, too, something that's that I always kind of pops into my head with that is, you know, we have this end result. We have, like, so this is Stonehenge. This is how it's constructed. And then we can kind of, like, work backwards from there. But, like, mm -hmm. you got to think... At the time, Stonehenge was not even a thing, so it had to have been imagined by somebody. And then not only did they have to imagine it, but they had to then figure out how to make it. So it is interesting, some of these structures that exist, it's like, how the heck did these things come into existence? Without well, again, the help of ancient aliens, I, I love that. I love that you guys are always talking about the things that I'm going to talk about. Oh. I'm like, yeah, no, no, you're on. To, no, I mean, honestly, it's it's an interesting thought to have, but um, we'll kind of get there when we get there. But um, yeah, no, your your head's in the right place there, Bobbert. Um, so von Daniken writes that ancient art and iconography throughout the world illustrates air and space vehicles, non-human but intelligent creatures, ancient astronauts, and artifacts of an 
um, anachronistically uh, advanced, uh, anachronistically advanced uh, technology. Uh, sorry about that one. It's all good. <laughs> that's one of those words where it's like, oh, that's how that word is written out. <laughs> Never actually seen it in print before. So uh, Von Daniken also states that geographically separate separated historical cultures shared artistic themes which he argues implies a common origin in this case aliens because obviously remember when we're talking ancient aliens we're not saying it's aliens but it's aliens (laughs) so it always comes back to that um one such example is von daniken's interpret interpretation of the sarcophagus lid uh recovered from the tomb of classical era uh, Maya ruler of Palakiu, uh, Pascal the Great. Um, so let me uh, cue that up here. Also, when I was talking about the uh, aircraft um, stuff from the, the the last segment, um, I don't know if you see here. There's like some like funny That's looking a helicopter, dude. There's a helicopter, <laughs> and then this guy kind of looks like a weird spaceship thingy. The thing above Even it kind of looks like a uh, like a, a speeder. 19th, yeah, like a like a one Sand of them speeder. Yeah, retro futuristic <laughs> looking like things you know from like the a hover 60s. car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, like, it looks yeah. like it's either out of Star Wars or the Jetsons. You know, it's crazy. Although I yeah. do really like that that insect on the left. I think it's I think it's well done. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff right there. <laughs> that's, that's got a, a big that's booty. Just, that, that's just good stuff right there, I mean, yeah. honestly. So, um, so, so that's, the, the, the sarcophagus lid I'm talking about here, the, of the Mayan ruler, uh, Pascal the Great, um, Van, Van Denneken writes that the design represents a seated astronaut. So, I don't know if he, it's kind of hard to tell here based on this PNG, but there we got here, this guy here supposedly is supposed to be um, a seated astronaut on this throne. And then above it is supposed to be some sort of like alien like craft structure. What? I don't know if I don't know if I really see that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't honest. see this one. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. No. So for this one in particular, um, we'll we'll do some debunking stuff towards the end on like why a lot of this is bullshit. But um, I don't know though. I kind of to be devil's advocate here, it, it kind of looks um more mechanical than anything I've seen in terms of like uh designs from you know ancient mayan culture or whatever like there's a lot of like uh mechanically looking kind of stuff that makes it look like buttons and knobs and right i don't know i, I could so, see yeah, something I, like that sure i could see um you're interpreting it that way but the, the reality is with this one in particular there is like ancient mayan texts that dis- literally describe this as being a depiction of pascal the great sitting on his throne and sort of uh, being sort of like god leader of the mayans yeah. or whatever so like yeah this one I, 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 as we're gonna see for a lot of sort of these like ancient alien theories and stuff there's a lot of reading into things and not necessarily as much um finding actual proof um <laughs> as much as just like pure speculation based on things it's interesting but oh um, hey i'm not here for the proof all right Listen, I don't. I barely even wrote anything down about proof. I'm not baby. here like, for the proof. I'm here for the answer. Yes, yes. I'm here. <laughs> I'm not you. here for the proof. I'm here for the Th- truth. Thank you, thank you. Finally, someone said it. Truth seekers. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> Assemble. All right. So That's the not origins. Us. No, that is not us. So. <laughs> It could be, though. It could be. The origins of many religions are interpreted by Von Daniken as reactions to encounters with alien races. 
So this is kind of what I was mentioning before. According to his view, humans considered the technology of the aliens to be supernatural and the aliens themselves to be gods. Mm. Von Daniken states that the oral and written traditions of most religions contain references to alien visitors in the way of descriptions of stars and vehicular objects traveling through air and space. One such example comes from Ezekiel's revelation in the Old Testament, which Daniken interprets as a detailed description of a landing spacecraft. So I'm going to read a couple quick passages here from Ezekiel, the, the book from the uh, Old Testament of the Bible, and um, we'll see what you guys think. Quote, As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north, and a great cloud with brightness around it, and fire flashing forth continually, and in the midst of the fire, as it were gleaming metal. So, basically, um, Von Daniken is proposing that this description from Ezekiel is actually describing a sort of spacecraft of some form coming through the atmosphere. It literally, sort of I just of, see like Starship, like, you know, like SpaceX Starship. Like yeah, you know, picture right yourself now. like a rocket, like going through the atmosphere and you get that sort of like the burning around it as it's sort of breaking its way through or whatever mm. and so he proposes that this description is not of such just some like you know metaphor or some like godlike present he's saying that what they saw was actually a spaceship and that you just did not have the words to describe it beyond right what i just uh proposed to you there i just want like <laughs> one of these times to be like we found this we found a bible we found this this bible from from 1769 um and uh we found a passage in the book of whatever 1015 uh yeah that's a spaceship no like a real spaceship no like for like aliens are like like from like like how what they're gonna think of a spaceship is in the year like like 1999 you know what i mean <laughs> and then it was i can't believe no one's talked about this passage of the bible yet it's it's so it's so weird <laughs> like i want I, wa I want that so bad that'd be My so God. good oh man Oh. Well, it's crazy I mean, because, I mean, like, you know, up until the last two years, right, we really didn't have the technology for for this description to kind of be real. Like, we didn't have rockets that came back down vertically and, like, like you know, landed. So, it's kind of interesting to think that we're already at that point in, in the future where we have technology that could recreate this description. I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, top until a couple of years ago, it would have to have been like a plane or something like. Yeah, you know, in, in in some sense, it almost reminds me of like um, the sort of the Nostradamus prophecies, where mm. people will kind of go through all of his different, you know, you know, portents or whatever, and they like find like, oh look, this one's like nine eleven, or this one's like whatever, and it's one of Dude. those things where like, well, if you say enough things over enough period of time can't it all eventually sort of come that true if is you find exactly <laughs> my theory with why everyone thinks the simpsons tell the future mm, it's yeah. like the show has had 30 whatever seasons yeah they've made what they they've made a joke about literally everything it's like for every like one instance that they predicted there's 50 that 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 they got wrong yeah. you know and there's right. only so many things you can draw <laughs> you know yeah yeah I don't know, I agree yeah, so, with that. Yeah, so, but, um, you know, there's, there are other sort of historical examples that um, uh, Daniken likes to point to as potential um, 
evidence of ancient aliens. Mm. So next we're going to go to the Ramayana, which is um, from Ooh. Hindu mythology. So in Hindu mythology, the gods and their avatars traveled from place to place on flying vehicles called Vimana. There are many mentions of these flying objects in the Ramayana, which used mm. by the Lanka king Ravana from Sri Lanka dates to the 5th or 4th century BCE. So, you know, another example um, from some ancient texts talking about flying vehicles or whatever used by the gods. Yeah. Um, and this, so he again is citing this as potential evidence that maybe what they're actually talking about is aliens because again you were fold aliens <laughs> um some other examples are from the book of genesis and the book of enoch from the bible well book of genesis from the bible book of enoch which is an apocryphal text of the bible for those of you who don't know um when the bible was being written um there were tons of books written and only a certain number of those books were curated and made into sort of the official uh new testament or whatever of the bible and so there are a lot of apocryphal books which are these ones that were not included and so uh enoch is one of those books we took we talked um, about the book of enoch in the previous episode didn't we i, I feel like we might have I, I don't remember the context um, me neither we've mentioned but, the uh yeah we've mentioned apocryphal books before yeah but anyway but yeah, so that anyway, that, that that's what I mean by apocryphal books of the Bible. In case you, you listener are not familiar with that concept, that's that's what we're referring to. But first, let's talk about the book of Genesis from uh, chapter six, verses one, two, and four. They state as follows: When human beings be- began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that their daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. Um, So many Christians consider these groups to be the different families of Adam and Eve's children. Another interpretation, though, is that the Nephilim are the children of, quote, the sons of God and, quote, the daughters of humans. Um basically meaning that you know the sons of gods were aliens and the daughters of humans were humans and so uh the nephilim were sort of these hybrids created from the procreation of aliens with humans mm. and so yeah kind of kind of weird kind of a weird uh way to take that hey we've but, uh, um, we've heard it before you know with the the lizard people the hybrids yep the hybrids even hybrids <laughs> um sorry that that is a reference to the show the hybrids for anyone who watches weird cw bullshit <laughs> <laughs> uh you, what you don't like a spin-off of the vampire diaries come on you've got to watch you don't you like watch. tv shows where the music is louder than the voice the, the vocal audio <laughs> yeah boy there's a pop song playing under every single scene <laughs> of every single minute of a 45 minute show come on <laughs> <laughs> where every actor is the same amount of generically handsome or pretty and they're Come probably on. cousins <laughs> across different films and tv shows anyway, anyway we're not here to talk about cw dramas <laughs> yet uh maybe next episode so the king james version of the bible translates nephilim to giants or uh 
Gibbamorum, um, and that um, ancient alien proponents argue that Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in order to be godlike, and this was the first step in human evolution. Basically being, you know, eating the forbidden fruit of the gods was basically like them uh, cross-breeding with aliens, Dude, I this guess is, is just, the idea. This is just different stoned ape theory. Yeah, pretty much. How <laughs> yeah, selfish it, are we to think that a group of, like, higher life-form aliens that are, like, intelligent would want to come here and be like, mmm, look at those sexy apes. Mm, I'm gonna crossbreed with them. Mmm. Yeah. Like, what? Dude, you, you don't know what they looked like, man. They could have been hideous. It's true, and they could be real dirty, too. They could, get, like they could have their mind in the gutter. <laughs> I like to imagine that Aliens look different, right? But every like sentient being has the beauty standards of humans, right? <laughs> so wow, just... she's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so like aliens it's are just like... even know I exist, <laughs> <laughs> right? So like when they see their own god, Sad they're boy like, alien. they're like, man, I wish we were beautiful like humans are. <laughs> and Dude, man, alien simps. Yeah, they're such simps. Yeah, God, I was gonna say it. Bobby beat me to it. Such I beat simps. you to it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's that's uh, that's good. That is stuff. so good. funny, dude. That's I what just, you come here for, folks. I that's what that's what this that's what you get out of this free podcast entertainment right there. Is just good old uh, alien simp humor. <laughs> you know, aliens oh, are nice. scrolling through TikTok, just going like, mm, 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 why can't I have a girl like that? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'll just I mean, do some weird TikTok dance where they point to things and be like, sad, sad, mm, sad, uh, sad. Oh, uh, God. Oh, um, God. So, oh, okay. some more examples from the, the Bible. Let's go to the uh, first part of the apocryphal book of Enoch, which expands on, expands and interprets in Genesis uh, 6 1 that the sons of gods were a group of 200 angels called the Watchers who descended to earth to breed with humans. So again, this idea of, you know, aliens breeding with humans for whatever reason, because they, you know, are not hot, but want to get with hot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, for science, like there's some like weird, like, you know, like space Nazis or something. I want to just do weird experiments. I don't know. Mm, you know, yeah, probably that one. Yeah, probably that one. If we're being honest, if we are buying into this at all. Um, so <laughs> we're just a bunch of chads and the aliens are all. Yeah, like... they're, 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 they're a bunch of. Uh, uh, I don't remember the term. I don't either. From. Yeah, we're yeah, we're we're uh, they're all chads. humans, humans like right. Human incels are, 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 are separated within. But but on the galactic level of incel, dumb, right? <laughs> All humans are, are are level eight males and above, right? Oh my uh, god! So they 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 get all, and then the mm -hmm. rest of the alien species are all are all you know sub eight males, so they don't get to breed at all or whatever whatever the incel belief is. Oh man, go listen to the incel episode if you want to know. Interceller, intercell. Wow, 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 wow. Guys, um, we're on to something here. Although that doesn't really we work are onto with, the, uh, with what the abbreviation is but uh, intercelibate we'll yeah interplanetary celibate yeah but, that, but but cel oh wait the bestiality boys yeah. celibate is the important word yeah yeah okay yeah i was i was like do you need it's the okay. beginning <laughs> oh. oh man so um the the offspring of these uh watchers were called the nephilim as we mentioned before 
Um, and then quote from uh, the book of Enoch, consumed all the acquisitions of men. Uh, when humans could no longer sustain the Nephilim, they turned against humanity. The Watchers also con in instructed humans in metallurgy and metalworks, cosmetics, sorcery, astrology, what? astronomy, and meteorology, according to uh, the book of Enoch. Uh, God then ordered the Watchers to be imprisoned, imprisoned in the ground and created the Great Flood from the bible as we all know the great flood noah and his ark and is two of every animal or whatever um and also uh day deluge myths um exist in a lot of other cultures as well so again this sort of lending to the idea that similar stories across different cultures equals that they were by aliens i guess this is evidence uh, for mole and, people though because you're yeah. telling me the watchers are underground right now hanging out in hollow earth who watches the Watchers, though? Yeah. Who Ooh, watches yes. The watchers? Very good. Very good. Nice little DC uh, reference. But, but isn't uh, the wa aren't Watchers also an alien species from the Marvel comics too? Yeah, they're the I, uh, they're like one of the uh, s supreme beings. I think the Watcher is a cool. It's a cool name for an alien. Just get, it's got a very ancient kind of vibe. There are you know? so many, like, I feel like there are so many things in fiction that are called the Watcher. Yeah. Mm. The Beholder. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, the Beholders. Just the a synonymous name with the Watcher. <laughs> <laughs> the Observer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, there's, there's, like, more sort of uh, allusions to the bible being metaphors for aliens but i feel like we kind of get that let's move on to some other examples um if you want um i'll include um some of my notes and stuff on that stuff in the brain bloggled if you want to go check that out yeah because um, i do have more examples but i kind of feel like we get the idea at this point you know a lot of these you know different things in the bible ancient alien hypothesizers believe are references to aliens or whatever yeah but let's move on to some other sort of more concrete examples that are are somewhat interesting so let's move on to um medieval and renaissance art oh oh and then also um this was another example here of the mazica lines in peru that they believe also is an example of a ancient alien influence but um let's 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 move on to uh, the UFOs in Renaissance paintings. So uh, yeah. this will also be in the Brain Bloggold. But for uh, people at home, I've got three different paintings up here. Um, and for you boys, so we got one on the left here, which I believe this painting is supposed to be of uh, Mary and Joseph with the baby Jesus. And over uh, Mary's shoulder, it's like a zoomed in of the painting, is a weird sort of like football-shaped like object in the sky over her shoulder um which oh kind of weird i was gonna kinda say maybe it's just like a smudge on the painting <laughs> but it, there's clearly a guy in the background looking up at it yeah with his yeah, like hand so, over his head looking up at the sun yeah, he's like he's doing like the whole you know you're shielding your eyes yeah. from the light kind of looking yeah. up at this object in the sky which is pretty large but it, you look at the dude and it's like the same the object in the sky is like basically the same size as the guy looking at it mm -hmm. um, if not maybe even a little bit bigger so that's kind of weird then in this middle painting here we have in the sky what looks like sort of like a flying saucer of like almost like a little laser tractor beam thing <laughs> going down onto this sort of like decorative I don't know like 
I don't even know how you would describe this sort of like uh, we got a building and like above like sort of the threshold of like the doorways is sort of like decorative it's like a trim kind of it's like a trim little... but like there's this UFO thing in the sky in between the buildings and it has like a little yellow beam of light sort of pointing down through this little window almost looks like mm-hmm. in it because it's also sort of coming through if you see down here on to uh, this woman with the halo over her yeah. head so like I'm not I'm assuming that's supposed to be, you know, sort of like God's light coming down right. upon this person. It almost looks like but she's th- praying, you know? Yeah, but the, the way it's illustrated is in this sort of like weird sort of almost classical UFO shaped disc in the sky of like what by our sort of modernized would interpret as like some sort of like laser lights or tractor beam. It just looks, it could easily from our perspective look like something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, kind of interesting. And then we got another painting here where, again, we got a disc-shaped thing in the sky mm-hmm. with multiple lights shining down on this person who's sort of surrounded by, you know, their followers or whatever and are illuminated in light mm. here on the ground. And they're sort of knelt in prayer. This, it looks like there's actually two figures, one person who's standing with their hands over, sort of the kneeling, yeah. praying, or they're almost like they're groveling. It's, um, like, uh, it's like, it looks like Jesus, like, giving someone forgiveness or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's through, a, then, through a tractor beam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, regardless of what these are, I think they're both supposed to be representing the same thing because yeah. the sim- there's too many similarities for it. Like, mm-hmm. it's both, you know, golden y- discs with light from mm-hmm. the heaven illuminating someone during some religious thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I know that, you know, in religious paintings, holy figures sometimes will be depicted with the, uh, with the halo, the circle around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if this is just sort of, um, you know, a, a specific interpretation of, you know, the holy halo. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's probably the most likely explanation. It yeah. is interesting how similar they look to what we would consider sort of classical contemporary ufo yeah like what we would see when you picture a ufo these things look like ufos yeah but does that mean that's what they're depicting probably not but i don't know it's interesting right like so if you were to describe you know what a ufo looked like in a picture you would say oh you know it's a big it's a big disc it's a big circle in the sky they shoot down a beam of light right Mm -hmm. now if you were to explain like Hey, like a halo because obviously no one's ever seen it so people have only ever heard people talk about it or read about what they're supposed to look like in the bible or see you know it's like oh it's a disc you know floating above someone and it's shining light you know holy light yeah. down upon them uh you know like it, it's 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 uh they, my point is if you were to describe both of them to someone they would be exactly the same right like right like a, like a flying saucer you know isn't too distinct of a of a description i feel like right yeah no that, that's totally fair honestly for me the more compelling of the three that i have here and there are other ones too i'll, I'll try to include a bunch in the brain bloggle but the first one that object behind her shoulder is weird yeah it's, it's, i don't know it looks what like that's a supposed to be depicting like it yeah. looks like very unique yeah i mean i assume i assume if people you know bring this up it's it's you know art experts have looked at it and you know confirmed it's not you know a mistake or like a smudge or something right Uh, yeah no it's definitely intentional which is is, what is it trying to convey is the real question you know i think it's fun to imagine that 
Um, you know, like let's play play the game where this is real and and aliens were visiting people in the past. It is fun to imagine that this was a literal depiction of something that actually, you know, was occurring rather than metaphorical. I mean, I do think it is metaphorical, but it is cool to think that maybe, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like UFOs were around even back in the Renaissance, you know? Right. And so, and I, again, like the ancient alien theorists would propose that the reason why um, they use this particular iconography to describe God or, you know, heavenly beings, you know, sort of in the religious sense is because they have that point of reference from actual aliens from the past. And that's why they sort of use these sort of similar um, images that we would possibly interpret as being UFOs or whatever as their uh, iconography for these religious uh, contexts is because in the past they were aliens and so this is just them interpreting that in a visual form mm. but you know when they do it they they're thinking it's god but you know right. it's actually you know actual alien life forms so that's sort of like the argument being made for uh. that in the case of these paintings it's not necessarily saying that the people the people painting them didn't necessarily believe these were aliens they might have just had the same sort of like visual context of these gods being these sort of like disc shapes with beams of light coming down because they just interpreted that as god okay i have Whereas a question like, for you guys yeah go ahead go so ahead. Yep. sorry man um no 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 fine now I, I this is kind of like a more open part of the episode okay. anyway so discuss away okay so does anybody know uh, during the renaissance what the belief was of the earth and the universe i come i kind of like don't remember when they had the um they had the heliocentric model mm-hmm. at that they point. They did? Yeah, yeah. Copernicus was uh, was around that time. Okay. But I imagine that m- there must have been some, uh, it, it, in artists and in culture, people who probably didn't necessarily believe that yet. So, you know, aliens weren't really in, I guess, the the cycle of thought for people. And even when they did discover that we were revolving around the sun... I don't think that aliens were like a thought yet. Dude, does anyone know when aliens were first like kind of talked about in in culture? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you exactly. Um I mean um so apparently hmm. the uh I just looked it up real quick. The heliocentric theory was accepted by the time of the Renaissance. Okay. Um but yeah, there probably were people who, you know, didn't uh believe that um when oh i found an article about when did humans consider the possibility possibility of alien life when was it uh let's see i'm I'm scrolling through here i'm just looking for a date look it says me uh 15th century ish i think Hmm. oh which is uh the cent which is hundreds yeah which is um pre-renaissance Interesting. Interesting. Because the Renaissance was the uh, 1500s. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, these paintings existed in the 1500s. Or the, so. uh, hmm. Oh, no, no, no. It was the uh, the 14th century, so the 1300s. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the means, Renaissance was? Yeah. Well, the Renaissance, I mean, the, that's when it started. It started in the, hmm. uh, 
in the 13th or in the 14th century uh reached its height in the 15th uh and then uh that was in in italy and then it spread through the rest of europe in the 16th and 17th century so it seems like pretty much like after uh the uh was it the heliocentric um theory yeah was the heliocentric theory was in the 1500s so the 16th so that was like century. well accepted and people were just then starting to like you know propose the idea of alien life being a possibility yeah it seemed seemed to be like when 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 they started to uh talk about space i guess yeah <laughs> mm, so maybe these were intentional in paintings i don't know well, no, these, I mean, this would have been before maybe oh well, depend, depending on when during the renaissance they were painted yeah i, I couldn't mm. i didn't take down dates for these particular yeah. paintings so i couldn't tell you exactly um but i mean it is possible um Again, check out that brain blog. I'll, I'll include those dates with these paintings um, in that. So you can do a little little research on your own. You feel like you're part of the podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's some interesting examples of this stuff. So I, I think it's interesting. I think it doesn't necessarily equal aliens, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but something else that um they point uh ancient alien theorists point to as potential evidence for um aliens having visited uh earth and ancient aliens and all that is uh things like this oh like the paracas skull yeah. indiana so, jones kingdom of the crystal skull baby yeah basically basically <laughs> that's their last piece of evidence is the fourth indiana jones film <laughs> the whole so, thing that's so it. i'm gonna do a plot synopsis so Charles LaBeouf. Um, no. Um, so <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah, he's the, he's like the son of Indiana Jones or whatever. Yeah, right? or yeah. Nephew. I don't know. I don't remember that. I think movie he's very the well. son. Yeah, I think he's the son. I think that's what it was. But anyway, um, go away. Sorry, my notes are being weird. Okay, so um, I'll leave. I, I, go away. So a number of um ancient cultures, such as the ancient Egyptians and some Native Americans. Um, artificially lengthen the skulls of their children. So what? As you might, yeah. So as you might know, like in early development, the skull is not fully formed. Um, in young children, it's actually pretty soft. So some cultures would do things like this to like manipulate the growth of the skull to um different shapes or whatever. So this is like an actual human skull that like developed into uh, this shape based on like this. Know, different techniques for lengthening the skull through child development uh, i don't um, like that at all it's you know well i mean body modification is a part of a lot of cultures you yeah know, it's a part um, of our culture it's, today dude i know yeah, i mean saying I know. that as me and bobbert here with our tattoos and stuff yeah, i mean no. it's just kind of a cultural thing you know but the reason why i bring this up is not just uh point out like that you know from our you know, western western perspective that it looks strange but um ancient alien theorists propose that the reason why these sort of um ancient civilizations would do things like this was to emulate their extraterrestrial visitors who they mm. saw as gods um a lot of people point to sort of like the idea of like the gray alien sort of the classical you know alien interpretation so if you think alien like, like what's the first thing that pops into your head you know it's probably you know the big eyes and the big head sort yeah. of you know alien you know it's Lanky, the one that we all kind of tall <laughs> yeah that's the, the sort of classic you know, one that we alien. think of 
you know, an alien. Come on. You know, you know, so a lot of people, you know, we all kind of have that same sort of visual yeah. in our head as sort of like the generic version of like what an alien is. So they sort of hypothesized that the reason why ancient cultures like, you know, Native Americans and ancient Egyptians, you know, two cultures from completely different parts of the world, you know, practice similar sort of skull lengthening um traditions in the idea that they were trying to sort of emulate their sort of gods who were possibly aliens i don't know about that but that's what they say that's their theory i don't know again there's like body modification is a part of a lot of cultures like um i forget which country it is but you know there's like where they stretch the necks out with yeah. uh, the different you know metal bands and oh, you yeah. know piercings and tattoos this is a part of a lot of Dude, culture Vikings so. used to used to shave their teeth down mm-hmm. like like body mods were in every culture like forever yeah yeah so or like the I, you guys remember we talked about it i think before the um the tradition where like women in china i think would like wear those shoes that would yeah, shape to make their, their feet mm. very small they like yeah. basically crunch their feet into like little yeah 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 that that, that again you know all just based on like different cultural yeah beauty standards and just different you know cultural beliefs or whatever mm. you know, not, these not that far exist. off from uh high heels yeah and also yeah again you know and things we do to you know whatever body mod ourselves but also with this particular one you know actual you know historians and stuff debate whether or not these skull lengthening practices were like commonplace or yeah. whether or not they, they were like very you know limited within some of these cultures where there there's not a like a lot of like archaeological evidence to show that it was like necessarily like a widespread pa- practice you know i feel like it's likely too that you know brain damage was probably common among people who were practicing it yeah, probably. Especially with children, because, I mean, that's, you know, a child's head is something that is uh, very, I mean, because it's soft, it's it's also vulnerable. Right, so. right, right, right. No, definitely. So, that kind of brings me to the end of sort of like the evidence portion of all this. So, I, I think now we, we kind of have to get more into sort of why it's potentially bullshit so hmm. <laughs> i don't want to hear First, it i don't want to hear it i'm leaving i choose to believe that this is it i'm closing the book thanks guys for watching thanks for listening check us out at brain boggle pocket no anyway like subscribe <laughs> yeah. no a- anyway like as, as you were saying i i'm, I'm open so, i'm open to learning so there there's definitely evidence to suggest that people uh turning to ancient alien theories is you know kind of bullshit so one example is that even before you know the idea of aliens was like a common thing uh there's a history of sort of uh dismissal of a lot of these ancient cultures and their accomplishments and one of the most common or one of the earliest times of this happening would be during european colonization so we got to talk a little bit about sort of like the racist history and the ideas of sort of ancient aliens um, or at least in its origins. Cause you know, like most things it's finds its way 
and having racist origins. Dude, right? I was uh, somehow uh, everything has has racist origins. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for when I can make the joke. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the meme where it's like, "Oh, uh, white people didn't do it; must have been aliens." Yeah, <laughs> that's basically the idea that I we're mean, gonna get at the here. The thing is, it just seems like it's this very common theme in human history to have a. If you're touting a theory, it's it. There's always this element of like, I am better than, or mm-hmm. this group is better than. Therefore, this no, group dude. would not have been able to do this. No, you know? they think that the uh, the that Stonehenge was aliens, and that was done by white people, probably. So yeah, so there you go. The Checkmate one example racist. that we can point to. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so the the reason why uh, they're even beyond just like you know dismissal of primarily you know non-white cultures who accomplish these things um it actually has almost like a more literal tangible um uh origin in sort of like racist european colonization so when uh european colonizers found um these incredible structures in what they considered primitive uncivilized cultures they assumed that white civilizations had existed in these places first, building these amazing buildings and structures before the brown and black people who now live now lived in these places lived there. So like when they were first, you know, finding places like Egypt and, you know, uh, the Americas and stuff, when they would find these you know, like great pyramids and great structures and stuff, they didn't believe that the people who lived there actually built them. They said that it was like, Obviously, at some point in time, there were some white people who lived here, you know, like ancient white cultures who disappeared and left behind these artifacts of previous white mm. cultures that these, you know, brown, brown, primitive, uncivilized people inherited. Yeah. So very much like the ancient alien theories with that, you know, well, okay, so obviously, you know, there weren't white people living in these areas before, but maybe aliens helped them, you know, so... It's just kind of like a weird continuation of this idea that, like, you know, only, I guess, white cultures can come up with things that are advanced or whatever. Yeah. So, it, it, so it, the thing is, like, I'm not necessarily saying that people who uh, believe ancient aliens or even sort of propose these ideas, you know, do it out of racism, per se. But it's just sort of like this weird continuation of this idea that, like, these ancient civilizations that were you know non-white couldn't like do these things themselves so yeah it's like embedded in culture i mean you see it all the time with Mm -hmm. with a lot of different things um Mm -hmm. you know it's like we will go down forever uh knowing the origins of things in in europe that are thousands of years old and we'll like notre dame and stuff and like Mm -hmm. well that's going to be in the history books forever and no one's ever going to question that it was built by, you know, Europeans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely see that being uh, something that's reoccurring, I mean, throughout history. Right. Like, and ne- then next, like, it's going to be the Great Wall of China, you know? It's like, right. And, but the, and then the, there's also, you know, a lot of the ancient alien theories point to, like, well, how is it possible that these ancient civilizations could have even possibly made these things? Like, take, for example, the Great Pyramid of Giza. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no way they could have done that, right? Well, there's actually a lot of evidence to show that they could do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, through some slavery. The, yes. Well, one 
slavery. Wasn't it not yeah, actually they literally... slavery though. I always, What's I that? feel like it always goes back and forth as to whether or not, um, you know, it was like, oh, the 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 pyramid was built by slaves. Oh no, it was actually built by, you know, skilled uh, workers who. Were I've heard. I mean, the, their work. The, yeah, I've heard. The reality, the reality is, it's a combination of both, yeah. in most likelihood. Um, but th- there's actually a lot of evidence to show that the Great Pyramid of Giza, you know, is it's not impossible that it could have been done. First of all. One thing that people don't typically talk about as much is the fact that there are a lot of pyramids in Egypt, mm. and a lot of the earlier ones were not as good. So, like, <laughs> you you look at some, like, the older pyramids, and they're like, yeah, you can see, like, they're getting at it, but it's not quite as well done, not quite as well constructed, um, was probably built was built quicker than yeah and humans have this tendency to be like oh look a building let's make one bigger than that one and better and like we we're constantly doing that with architecture yeah the other thing too that people I i think forget a lot about is um the the pyramids of giza at least were were thousands of years old um by the time the ancient romans got to egypt um, yeah. Like the the pyramids were ancient Egyptian history uh, to the the ancient Romans would study ancient Egyptian history and would study <laughs> the pyramids. Um, That's so, like, crazy to think about. The pyramids <laughs> are are you know older than uh, are are so incredibly old. Uh, like you know even even in terms of ancient Egypt, they're old. So mm. it like there is so there's just such an incredible amount of time in between for like evidence and 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 records of of that because like imagine like what are they going to know about us in two thousand years you know yeah well it's like the the distance between jesus christ being alive and us now is like the same distance in time between jesus being alive and the pyramids being yeah i mean like it's crazy there's that fact like the cleopatra was born closer to the first man landing on the moon than she was the 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 construction of the pyramids that's yeah. interesting um with like it's yeah like there's the a lot of weird stuff like old, that old, old, old. you should you should guys if you haven't seen it there's a new vsauce video in the what's well, new relatively in the last like month no, or dude, two vsauce is back dude i mean compared to his last video before that which was like years ago or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it was about time and like relativity and like that all that stuff like you know the oldies the dif- the distance between like brent being born and you know elvis being around is the same distance between like now and like when britney spears was popular you know like stuff like that i don't think that's true but it's just uh it's an interesting video cuz it kind of discusses things like that um, yeah yeah then, i don't know but also also with the pyramids though like there's actual evidence to show that they had like these special sort of like cutouts where like you know like rods would be placed in and then ropes would be wrapped around to yeah. use as like pulley systems so like there's tons of evidence to show like exactly how they did it you know mm-hmm. so the the ancient alien theories oftentimes sort of like ignore those things and yeah. just kind of look to like you know the the impossibilities seemingly around mm-hmm. a lot of these things but the truth is like the evidence is there for how most of these things were made it's just mm-hmm you kind of have to ignore those things to be like well but aliens though right yeah i (laughs) see i I kind of see the ancient aliens i see the evidence uh i think that the the bible and like kind of using religion as evidence is a much better uh sort of 
I guess, proof, if you will. It's much better it's, proof of ancient aliens. Yeah, it's because like compelling. that's yeah. something that you know you could either attribute it to ancient aliens, uh, gods being real, or just human imagination and sort of like this storytelling thing that we've always yeah. kind of brought up just on the metaphor pod. for explaining things in yeah. our existence that don't make sense you know i choose to believe ancient aliens i think it'd be funny <laughs> if like zeus or like you know like like zeus is like just an alien it's just like yeah but he still looks like sort of like the classical depiction <laughs> of like just flowing robes and big beard and a crown and throwing lightning bolts you know <laughs> yes yes. Yeah. yes totally 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 yes i like it mm. yeah so, i mean um i want aliens to be real guys yeah Dude, they now, are I mean, real. We just have to find them. We gotta yeah, here's find the thing. Them. I, I I would still say, while I don't necessarily believe in the ancient alien theory, like as it stands, mm-hmm. because mostly because of the lack of actual evidence that they mm-hmm. have to corroborate it, they have a lot of interesting ideas, but no way to prove any of them. Also, why haven't they been back then? But that that's be some said, would I say still they're still a, here. I believe that aliens exist. Just a matter of whether we've actually encountered them at all is a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, or maybe these ancient aliens are really us in the future traveling back in time. Something we mm. didn't talk about, you know? That's could true. Be. Well, something That's we didn't true. talk about today, but we definitely have talked about that. We have. Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah, because I just did. picture like you know Elon Musk coming down, and being like, "Oh, we did hello, a whole episode, everybody, on on Interstellar." <laughs> That's true. Yes. Just spoilers for Interstellar. That's uh, how it ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they're in the uh, when they're in the tesseract and and Michael like, Caine is on his deathbed, speaking unintelligibly <laughs> and uh, <laughs> legitimately. Does anyone? I, he speaks so unintelligibly. It's 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 insane. When he's, when he's dead and he's like, uh, uh, well, uh, do not go softly. He like says that. Doesn't he say that poem? Like, do not go softly into that yeah. good night or whatever. And then he says some shit about gravity. He's like, the constant is gravity. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> constant. That's I how, don't remember. That's I've what Tom Hardy is going to sound like when he's... Uh, <laughs> When he's old. Uh, honestly, like, it is interesting, though, because at the end of Interstellar, yeah, he's like, Tars, they is us. We are the they. We sent ourselves here. Is that McConaughey? Is that yeah. what McConaughey sounds oh, like to you? We sent ourselves here, Tars. All right, all right, all right. We I like the Murph. Where's Murph? I think they're... Murph. I like at the end where he's no, like... No, go! He's like, oh, you named the station after me. And then, the, like, the doctor is like... Like, it's not just like... <laughs> he doesn't know. The doctor, like, starts laughing like it's the like it's like it's genuinely funny that he thinks that it was named after him uh, like, <laughs> like the dude who just came out of space who thinks that he saved humanity like of course he <laughs> thinks the station's gonna be named after him yeah you know? like so goofy oh man the guy you fool you stupid <laughs> stupid fool yes honestly there feels like there's so much more we could talk about but we'll save yeah. it for another i mean listen episode. there's like seven seasons of ancient aliens you can watch if you want mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's, I'm sure there's way yeah. more. They go, they really dive deep in those seven seasons. But uh, yeah, if you want to know, if you want to know more about why maybe we don't know where aliens are, go check out our Fermi Paradox episode because that mm. that was one of our earlier ones, and that was a fun one where we talk about why maybe we don't know. 
uh, or the existence of aliens or uh join the patreon and listen to our interstellar mm. episode that yeah, too because um by because in the fermi paradox episode i had not seen interstellar yet <laughs> so <laughs> yeah we made you so, watch it that's right yeah because we kept talking about it on the podcast and <laughs> i kept not having any reference point <laughs> yep so, just yeah. me and jack going murph <laughs> murph and brent going what is it's happening murphy's law you know mm-hmm. uh, he's like they don't uh, talk about and he's like they don't nobody ever talks about the other part of murphy's law which is anything like i don't know he talks about how uh uh how it's like things that it also means that things go right or something i don't mm-hmm. even know yeah because no one talks about that part that's why the, no one the, the justification of her being named murphy kind of went over my head <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, that, you know Christopher Nolan trying to be deep for a second there emotionally, <laughs> and it, usually the emotional deepness does not land. No, <laughs> yes. I assume it was. I assume it was Matthew McConaughey going. If every character I interact with isn't a two syllable name that I can shorten down to a one syllable name, I will not do this movie. <laughs> Speaking of Matthew McConaughey, He's got an audio Check book. out the Brain Boggled Podcast on Instagram at Brain Boggled Pod. <laughs> and Brain Boggled... Oh, nope, it's, it's Brain Boggled on Instagram. Crap! We are Brain Boggled uh, on Instagram. We are Brain Boggled, brain boggled Pod, pod, on, pod Twitter. on the Twitters. Mm. We mm. are mm. Uh, BrainBoggledPodcast.com on the internet. Yes. Um, and uh, just, a, just a little bit of a, a disclosure. We had to take down the store on the website... Due to cost issues, but if you want to support us and maybe uh, help us, you know, for a, a brighter future to bring the store back, check out our Patreon. Uh, it's Brain Boggled Podcast on Patreon because we definitely need your support because this ain't cheap. We lose money when we're doing this, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a know. labor of love at this point as opposed to um, a profitable operation. Yeah, but um. Yeah, we appreciate whatever support you can give, whether that's through Patreon or maybe even a nice five-star review. I've been seeing these reviews coming in, so thank you to everybody who keeps leaving their five-star reviews. You can write something or don't. Just leave Mm. the five-star. It it helps the podcast get seen. We're having a great Mm -hmm. month. And yes, it's February's a short month, and we're already like off and rolling pretty pretty yep. strong this month. We we're read all our reviews too. So. We're we read- just like Dogecoin. We're going to the moon. Mm. <laughs> yes, stay long on Dogecoin, Dogecoin baby. Long on Doge, <laughs> log on Bog. Yeah, yes. the main currency of the future. Oh mm. uh, yes, everyone uh, in ten years, everyone's gonna have froth on the mind and <laughs> froth on brain, the brain boggled on the brain. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. But, That's what I've always said. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. I guess. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. No. This was a fun one. Um, I'm was sort of running one. out of steam now because it's getting late. Yeah. Hungry, same. But. I'm really hungry. I want. I want to go make my bread. I've got a new bread mixer. I'm gonna go bake some bread. Oh. Oh my boy. It's been rising for like two hours. Oh yeah, dude. I don't even care. I'm starving. No, I'm. I love me some carbs. Are you kidding me, dude? Homemade you know, bread. You no, know I'm a car. You know I'm a carb boy. I know you are. You're a carbo loader, baby. <laughs> you know I'm all about the carbs. I actually don't eat a lot of carbs. Uh, you can't eat bread, Jack. I know there are gluten free carbs, Bob. I just don't. They um, Gluten free stuff isn't that good. It's it's not as good as. <laughs> it's hit or miss. It's hit or yeah. miss. There's there's some okay gluten free breads. Yeah. I like char. 
because Christie's mm. Christie can't do Char wheat is either. Good. So Char Char uh, has way better gluten free stuff in Europe. I had Char when I was. Uh, I mean, it is a European oh, really? brand, yeah. But um, right. I went on a German exchange and I was expecting like I'm like, oh, they're not gonna have like it's gonna be hard to get gluten free stuff. But no, Char is like a massive brand in, in Germany at least, and mm. uh, they had a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that, yeah. I mean that was a few years ago, and a lot of it has is as has moved over. I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's slowly making its way over here. That's definitely like the best things one. Things are had for bread. looking up. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> gone from it's gone from you know when I first was diagnosed with celiac. You know, just a quick side tangent. It went from like having to read the ingredients on everything because nothing cared about it. Nobody even knew gluten free. Now it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And now yeah. everything has it right on the label. You know, gluten free. Mm-hmm. All that, dude, rice all that noodles is where it's at. Rice. If you're if you're gonna have noodles, rice noodles is where it's rice at. Rice noodles are good. I like a rice corn blend for my pastas mm-hmm. if I'm going to do a gluten-free pasta. A nice yeah. rice corn blended, flour blend. Blended flours are pretty good. But uh, <laughs> Speaking I, of flours, I'm going to go so, stuff my face. Yeah, so hopefully you guys are hungry now too because then you can all go eat as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whether you're like in the shower... Whether you're on your way to work, you can go eat Bring some right bread now. with the boggled boys. <laughs> Bring bread. All right, bye. With Jesus and the aliens. Bye. 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 Why do we always wave?